Wash Boys. Now, from high atop the Camelback Towers in Scottsdale, from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, George Odin, partner of Arden Advisory Group, and Jonathan Kierman, Executive Vice President of Superstar Car Wash, talk all things car wash and more. Now, your hosts for Car Wash Confessions with the Wash Boys, Jonathan and George. All right. Well, welcome to this week's edition of Car Wash Confessions with the Wash Boys. Jonathan Kieran with Superstar Car Wash alongside George Odin with Arden Advisory Group. George, it's been a while. Nice to see you. Jonathan, it is great to be back. It is. And it's just you and me today. I like that even better. I do too. It's good. We're going to have some good conversation today. So uh, excited to be back in the studio and the weather is starting to break a little bit in Phoenix. So it's we got our long, I have my long sleeve on today, only because my office is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't control the temperature, so it's it's a little it's a little cold for me, but it's all good. I'm I, not quite ready for long pants yet. No, neither but, am I. Um, but, you know, that's okay. Hey, we, I'll wear the long sleeves. Wear the long sleeves. That's good. Well, thank you to our sponsor, Welcome Mat Services, um, for being a partner with us. We're very appreciative of that. Let's jump into uh, this week's confessions. George, it's been a while since we chatted. What do you got to confess this week? Oof. It's with heavy heart. Heavy that heart I, that I confess. So Ooh. my wife is um, my wife is uh, an, an intellectual, which marrying an intellectual is a confession in and of itself. But we'll save that. Good point. Um, she's really smart. She's got a PhD. She's a writer. She's this. She's that. What? Whatever. Um, it, it's all you know. But but she still can't make her phone work. So um, that's, you know, so all that means very Two sides well. of the brain just can't work together. So in is any event, she does, and we do, uh, we do puzzles. Like we'll do, um, uh, we do the Sunday Times together, uh, Sunday Times crossword. Every Sunday we get it in actual print. Yeah. Did you know that it is $65 a month? To get the Sunday Times delivered to your home. Actually, I did know that because I used to be a loyal New York Times Sunday reader. Over that is $16 craziness. a copy. That is nuts. But we do it. because okay. you know, It's worth it. Uh, I, uh, no, it's, no, it's inertia. Okay. It's inertia. All right. Fair enough. So we do that. We, um, we do the connections, which is one of my favorite New York Times things. It comes up with... I don't, do you know it? Mm-mm, that I don't know. 16 words. Okay. And you group them in groups of four that are related. And they're obscure. And then they'll do something where there are five good answers for one that you come up with. But, you know, you have to figure out which one belongs in a different grouping. And it's, it's complicated. It's challenging. And, you know, my wife will look at it and you know, four and a half seconds later, pound it out and, you know, it's done. And <laughs> she sends me the text with the, you know, with it perfectly. Cause it's, you don't give away the answer by sending the text. It's just the result. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I struggle cause yeah, you know, I'm not particularly bright and, um, we, uh, so I'll struggle through and I'll miss one and, uh, you know, I'll get it in five instead of the perfect four right. and I'll send it back and she'll mock me. She's mocking She'll you. Mock what does mocking you openly. look like? Okay. Um, oh, George, you're not very intellectually astute, are you? <laughs> Something you know that really cuts I've the bone. I've never thought I'd heard like those that. words, but okay. It's terrible. Um, so I've taken to cheating. 
Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So once again, this is the beauty. I'm not sure she even knows that there are websites that at 1201 have already figured it out and put the answer online. Ah. So, and she doesn't think I'm as evil as I really am. Okay. So she'll get it in five, which happens occasionally. Yeah. I'll come back and get it in four, and I will mock her. (laughs) That's beautiful. I'm afraid the cat's out of the bag now. Does she listen to the podcast? Um, Well... I don't know. All right, we won't sh- we won't send her the link for this one. <laughs> that's a fair question. That's a good co- that's a good confession. I like that. That's yeah, good. but I had you know you're I, feeling guilty though. I am you? feeling a little guilty, yeah. but at some point I just can't I I can't take the the inferiority complex. I understand. Yeah. So what right. what do you think you need to do to you know overcome that? Um, cheat. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll be fine. I love it. There you go. That's awesome. Well, mine is another one of these, what I'll call uh, George from Seinfeld moments. And I do have to kind of set this Bosco. up a little bit. Yeah, Bosco. Um, you know, I, 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 I've been married for 25 years. I married a woman whose dad was like MacGyver. The guy could, you know, fix anything. And, you know, it was very, very handy. And when we first got married, I was not. And over the years, I've gotten much better through a tutelage and learning and and now I kind of like pride myself on, hey, I can get, you know, stuff done around the house. I can actually do the things that need to happen. And I think I got a little bit too cocky because um, my wife flew said too close uh, to the uh, sun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I flew a little too close to the sun because what happened was, is we have in our garage, we have a light switch and the light switch was loose. And so it wasn't like turning on and turning off the entire time. So my wife says to me the other day, uh, hey, can you we can you switch out that light switch? I'm like, yeah, no problem. It, it really is a five minute project. Like all it is, is you take the old light switch off and you put the new light switch in should be very, very simple. And because I th- thought it was not that big of a deal. And typically when you shut the switch off at the, you know, at the, at the breaker, it's not a problem. So I um, go to change the light switch out and I did not go to the breaker box and turn the breaker off. So that was mistake number one. So of course I got electrocuted, which <laughs> this is not the first time that that has happened and to me. Normally okay. 110 volts. It's not Yeah, bad. but it really, it wasn't like too bad of a shock. It was like, it was enough to draw me to say a very bad word. And of course my wife is sitting right outside of it and I come out and I'm mad and I walk outside and I go to the breaker box and I shut off the breaker or so I thought. And so I go back again and not only did I get electrocuted uh, once, but I got electrocuted twice. And the second time was pretty bad to the point where my finger was bothering me for like two days. And I, I, I had to take Motrin. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is going on here? I thought, oh, did I permanently damage my finger? Fortunately, I didn't. I finally did shut the entire breaker box off. But uh I, I hooked everything up the right way and it still doesn't work. So the moral of the story is uh, an electrician is coming to my house to fix the <laughs> fix the five minute project. So I have been humbled and um, will will not be as cocky about my uh, home 
um, fixer upper abilities any longer. And note to self, as my father, who I told the story to, reminded me, why didn't you shut the breaker off? Don't you have a tester that shows whether or not that thing? Yes, dad, I do. Did you use it? No, I did not. So. <laughs> if I had used it, dad, would we be having this conversation? <laughs> exactly. And then mistake number two is telling my dad that story. But he, And then, of course, he lectures me, goes through this whole, whole spiel and goes, yeah, I was changing something out the other day. Yeah, I didn't shut the breaker off either. I didn't get electrocuted, but I didn't shut the breaker off. I'm like, well, there you go. So the apple does not fall far from the tree. So, well, hey, it's you and me. We haven't chatted for a while, just the two of us and a lot going on in the car wash business. Thought to ask you, like kind of what, what's happening in the M&A world these days and what are you seeing? And the last time we kind of had a check-in around this was, you know, mid-summer and, uh, you know, has, have things changed? Like what is, uh, what, what are you seeing on your end and what's the sense in, in your world? So the news hasn't gotten any better. Okay. Uh, it was pretty grim then. It's pretty grim now. Um, I think it there there it feels like there are little little rays of hope. Um, there, you know, you hear a you hear something uh, anecdotally that leads you to believe that that things might be loosening up a little bit. But we're um, you know we're still in a high interest rate environment. We're still looking at lenders who are probably kind of full on their um, exposure to car wash. The, um, the sale leaseback market, which was really hanging in tough, um, cap rates have started to go up a little bit, uh, which isn't good news if you're selling a wash. Uh, so, you know, we still, if, I, I still remember every, every week getting the, you know, the, the feedback from ICWA, they have the website, yeah. the, the, this news, news this week. And you've seen a bunch of people saying such and such open their 100th car wash or such and such open their 200 car wash. But it used to be such and such acquire such and such. Yeah. And it's um, you haven't seen one of those in a very, very long time. No, you haven't. Uh, and there haven't been those transactions. There have been transactions that have been done that are equity infusions. Um, when uh, Oak Tree um, took a, a controlling position in uh, Magnolia, as an example, um, when Wafra made a uh, significant investment in Spotless, when CCMP made a meaningful investment in uh, in Mammoth, um, those are those are great for you know the respective companies because they they've allowed them to have a lot of dry powder um, to go out and do things and make and make things happen. But we're still at a at a spot, unfortunately, where the the disconnect between seller expectations and buyer expectations is there. So that hasn't changed much. I mean, I, I think the last time we talked, we thought, you know, maybe it'll start coming back down to earth. It, has, it, has it? It has at the lower level. It has at the onesie twosies. Um, you know, there there are sellers at the at the single site level who are reasonably expecting kind of a seven times EBITDA number where they were looking for a 15 before. Mm-hmm. And um, those transactions are actually getting done. We've sold a, a number of single washes we um so that continues to happen we've signed a number up recently um feels like the the velocity of the activity is um is picking up a little bit as well you're also going to run into people who wanted to postpone selling 
Um, they wanted to sell. They didn't want to do it anymore. They wanted to get out. They wanted to retire. They, w- whatever reason. Yeah. Or um, they have a um, you know a balloon payment on a on a piece of debt that comes due, and you know they have to get out. Those folks are starting to enter the market with more realistic expectations. I haven't seen a large chain, um, you know, that's owned by a private equity shop that got in to, you know, to make the the big score, if you will. I haven't seen those kind of kind of grabbing on to the valuation reality that we're in today, nor would I necessarily expect to. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're patient. They have some time um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to continue to grow through development. I'll tell you, that's gone crazy, though. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can't if you can't grow through buying, people are growing through building. Yeah. I mean, that is and that is what you're seeing in all the car wash news is. Um, opening up this location, that location. It's our, it's our case as well. We're, we're opening new sites from a greenfield perspective. So, which is exciting, but to, you know, to your point, um, that seems to be the, the trend these days. I also, you know, I, I had a theory that we didn't necessarily need interest rates to go down. We needed interest rates to stabilize. And I think we're starting to see that. And we're starting to feel that. And I don't think I was wrong. I, th- I think that, you know, the activity will pick up, but I think activity will pick up at lower valuation levels um, because you can't pay as much when the interest rate is this much higher, but you don't have that, that deep fear that the interest rate's going to go up another, you know, 5% versus right. where it was today. So you can actually enter the market. So I, I feel like there is reason for some optimism. I, I wish I had a crystal ball as to when that optimism would, would bear fruit. Uh, I think it's, um, it's not tomorrow, um, but it's you know, potentially in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, there will be, for whatever reason, there will be great change that come available because people have to get out. Um, and I think we're going to see more of the equity partner. I think we're going to see, you know, the the folks who put their own money in, who were bootstrapping on a site-by-site basis, try to find somebody with a little deeper pocket of money where they can go out and, um, you know, sell some of their equity, but go mm-hmm. out and continue developing with the help of someone else. We've gotten more calls like that than we have in, you know, ever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. You know, when, when you think about, you know, kind of we've been saying, gosh, it feels like for 18 months or so, hey, the account, the economy is going to tank, the economy is going to tank, the, the economy is going to tank. And it's like waiting for a shoe to drop. It really hasn't happened. And, you know, retail sales are forecasting, you know, a modest 2%, you know, increase uh, for the holiday period. I think it's going to be very telling to see what happens this year, what people are buying and, you know, what position retailers are, you know, it, from a macro standpoint, uh, coming from a brick and mortar, you know, background, I, I tend to really kind of look towards that as a baseline of what's going to happen. But then you throw in the fact that, hey, next year's an election year. And those always election years are always weird, you know, in terms of people's spending. But do you did think you, did you watch the debate last night? I did not watch the debate um, last night. It's going to be a weird year. It's going to be a I weird can tell year. Tell you that for sure. <laughs> Whatever your politics are, it's going to be a weird it year. It's going to be a very weird year. No, yeah. I did not watch the debate last night. But you know, I, I um, it, it's it's interesting. You know, when we think about 
um, you know, the holiday forecast and what's happening. I still think, you know, um, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. You know, people love to get their cars washed. Uh, I think, you know, on the M&A side, you know, the, from your, you know, use your words, it's been grim and it continues to look grim. But I think the overall health of the industry in general, you know, continues to be good. Although, you know, there was some surprising news this week, you know, Driven Brands uh, came out and said that they were kind of putting the brakes on their, you know, take five growth and going to close some locations. But I, I don't know, is your perspective that that's maybe more of an isolated incident, you know, or what, you know, just interested no, in your point I, of view I think, about um, that. I think we've seen, uh, we've seen people canceling development. Um, we've seen people walking away from, uh, from deals uh, with developers. We've seen, um, you know, people walking away from real estate transactions. And, uh, you know, it, I think that's a very natural response to, I'm going to buy everything because money's free and all of a sudden money's not free anymore. And you have 25 projects. Um, you can only afford to do 15. You're going to choose the 15 best projects and you're going to let the other 10 go. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing. I mm-hmm. think we're seeing some of that. And, and I don't think that's unhealthy. No, um, I agree with you. I think the, the best sites are the ones that should be built. And I think that's kind of universally true. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there are, there are great sites still to be had out there. It is not an oversaturated market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear, you hear concern that that's the case. I, I'm not the least bit concerned yeah. that that's the case. So I guess, you know, I mean, it's positive that you're getting a lot more calls that people are, you know, interested in, in doing some things. I think it's just a question of how quickly can those come to fruition and is there a market for yeah. it? I think it's a question of how quickly can it come to fruition and what are those things that people are asking us to do? Yeah. Um, you know, what are the what what would they like in terms of of dollars? What would they like in terms of being able to grow and exit? And it's um, you still get the crazy. You still get the crazy calls. You still get the well, my my single wash is worth twenty two million dollars because, you know, it's in a great corner. And it's like, well, it's been open six years and doing 400,000 of EBITDA. It's like, yeah, but it's, well, then scrape it and sell it. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> who, you, can't, you can't sell it as a car wash and expect to get $20 million. It may be worth $20 million as a Chick-fil-A, so yeah. sell it to Chick-fil-A. Um, it's, so the, you, still get, you still get plenty of that. But it feels like everybody's getting a little more realistic. The, the buyers are... You know, buyers are out there with the the ones who have money are are jealously guarding that money and looking forward to opportunities to buy things really cheap. And there are circumstances where that works out, but that's not going to be the norm. Um, and there are people out there who have assets and nice assets who feel like they're going to sell them for a lot. And that's not either. Yeah. I mean, so it's it just feels like people are are kind of coming to the right level and I, it's going to take a while i'm not i'm not gonna um, buy the maserati this year i don't think <laughs> but um i might have to give up my season tickets to the cardinals although that's a confession in and of itself that i have arizona cardinal season tickets. that is a confession that absolutely yeah and it's hard to say they still have four home games left 
They so, do at one this Sunday, one and this Kyler Sunday. Murray's coming back. Yeah, okay. I guess they really don't want Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Does that, So here's the question. I mean, uh, we're, we're digressing a little yeah, bit Yeah, we here, are digressing. But somebody who won the Heisman Trophy last year and looked so unbelievably strong, is he still Caleb Williams? Is he still the guy? Is he still number one? I don't know. I don't. I listen to a lot of sports talk, and they're all saying that he is. Every single one. Is I saying I that hear he is. that, but, but it it had to have cost him money staying that staying that extra year. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I think really the question is going to be is where is he going to end up? Like tonight we've got a football game on where it <laughs> I, like I, I you know and I'm the guy that comes home and I we'll automatically it, turn the, the TV on. It's the toilet bowl. Yeah, I, you know, and and it's one of those things like. Chicago against um, Carolina, and there was one sportscaster this morning. We're rooting morning. for Carolina, by the way, yes, as, we, as, yeah, as Cardinals fans. Yeah, we are rooting. Record, yes, let's be clear. We, we are rooting for Carolina. Right. But I heard one um, sportscaster this morning who said that this is the Super Bowl for the Bears, the Panthers, the New York Giants, and the Arizona Cardinals because this is going to like determine who gets Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think they look at these guys in terms of you know raw talent and what that looks like. I don't know. I heard a rumor that he might even think about staying in another year, staying at USC. But I don't. Why would oh, he do that? It's going to be hard for us to be yeah. this bad next year, too. Oh my gosh! I mean, that would be that would be a challenge. Yes, I agree. It's been yeah. very painful to to yeah, watch on on that end. So, so, Jonathan. Yeah. Not so much about me. Yeah. I don't even know what you do for a living. <laughs> what do I do for a living? Tell us yeah. about your job. Yeah, I you know I lead the sales and marketing team for Superstar Car Wash. I did actually know that. I know by you the knew way. that. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, you know I'm responsible for um, driving our membership sales and and then in conjunction with that all of our marketing efforts around driving traffic into our locations and working with our partners and so and that. Piece. So you were in a perfect position to know operationally what the mood of the country is. I mean, I, I could tell you what the mood of the country is from the M&A and the financing perspective. And um, why don't you tell us, like, what's uh, what's happening with yeah. memberships? What's happening with, yeah, I mean, with drive, you know, with with non-member sales? Yeah. I mean, where where do you feel where do you feel the market going? And I assume you have your finger on the pulse, not just a superstar, but of other. Yeah. And I'll speak from a macro perspective, because, yeah. you know, I, I think you, you you read the public reports and, and, and you know, retail non-member traffic continues to be a challenge across the, the industry. Um, but, you know, I think that that's probably related to, to two things. Number one is, as the, the push for memberships from every car wash company has become more, you're taking a retail customer and turning them into a, uh, a, a member. So you're going to see some of that retail traffic, you know, just naturally go down. And then I also do think that this, you know, kind of looming what's going on with the economy. Hey, you know, do I really want to spend twenty dollars to get my car washed every week as opposed to, or you know, once a month or whatever they were doing it from a retail perspective? But I also will tell you that I think consumer sentiment continues to be strong just in general, and that's why I do watch what's going on in the retail world. Um, I was hoping, you know, potentially to to have uh, somebody who does retail recruiting on. Um, who specializes strictly on the retail side, has done some work in the car wash uh, retail uh, recruiting. Um, and, you know, I, I was speaking with her last week and I said, Can, tell me what's going on. You know, pe- companies continue to still hire. Um, they're still looking for talent. Um, you know, there has been in the retail side of the world, 
um, you know, some changes in terms of cutbacks with, you know, headcount, et cetera. I'm not talking car wash. I'm talking like companies like, you know, Calaris, that's famous footwear and Route 21 and, and where they're, you know, they're trying to become more efficient. And a lot of times those moves will happen after Christmas. But uh, there's a few companies that did that pre, um, you know, pre-holiday, which I thought was an interesting move um, for for that to happen. But I don't think it's going to impact the customer experience by any so, so stretch of the imagination. So just realistically, if you're firmly in the middle class yeah, and a lot of what you spend money on is, is groceries or gas or, you know, day-to-day necessities, um, I, I can't help but marvel at how expensive it is to go to the grocery store or go to the gas station or go to go out to dinner. I mean, it... It, to me, in my humble opinion, feels like it's doubled or tripled. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's nuts. But it doesn't, it, it, you're right, it is. But it's painful, I think, for that, that group of individuals and for everybody. I mean, I hate paying $5, you know, for a gallon of gas. Probably, you know, you own a gas station, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, well. <laughs> yeah, but you, the point is, is I, I don't, it doesn't feel like, and again, I'm, this is just, I'm saying feel, it's, it's my piece. You know, I, I go out, I'm out on the weekends, I see what's happening. I mean, strip centers have cars in them, people are still spending money. Um, you know, but the real question is, and I don't know the answer to this is, you know, what's going on with credit card debt? Is it all just people just charging and, you know, living the way that they were previously, but that consumer debt has gone up and my understanding, you know, in aggregate is it is. And at some point we're going to have to pay the piper to, you know, to that piece. Um, but you know, I, I, I think, um, this holiday season I think is going to be really telling. Um, and again, two to three percent moderate, you know, growth. But where is that growth going to come out of? Is it come out of consumer electronics? Is it going to come out of, you know, uh, retail ready to wear? I don't think that's where it's going to be. I think it's going to be more in, you know, I'll call them novelty items, you know, the things that people, you know, really want, you know, like is VR going to be bigger this year in terms of holiday gifting and that type of thing. But, you know, I just keep waiting. Like, when is it going to happen? And it hasn't. And so, you know, maybe we're just being resilient enough through all of it that, um, you know, that that consumer sentiment is, is listen, listen, inflation is inflation. But I also think um, and again, this is just my personal opinion. You know, I think companies are obviously just I don't want to say they're keeping pace with inflation in terms of people's compensation. But in aggregate, you know, people are being paid more today than they were two years ago. And so I do think that that that's been some of the offset there. And I can say that because, you know, when we're hiring people, the, you know, the salaries that people are asking for and looking for are higher than they were two years ago. Um, Have you been getting plenty of good raises? (laughs) That's a really good question, George. (laughs) I'm I think, okay. I think I flustered you. I'm good, George. Um, but you know, I, I think that um, I, I think that the the consumer that's out there looking for a job is they're they're looking to for for more dollars, obviously. And so you know, especially in that middle demographic that we deal with in the in the the car wash industry, in terms of you know competing with the QSRs and those other pieces, I think we have to be competitive from 
you know, a dollar standpoint, you've got this, you know, $20, you know, retail wage that's going to happen in California and the minimum, you know, the minimum wage increases that happen every year. So I do think to some degree that's been offset. People may not feel it in the aggregate in terms of the net, but it's offsetting some of what's happening from that standpoint. Um, but, you know, the question is just how high can that that ceiling go? You know, companies can't afford to just keep going and going and going. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, these are the these are the question marks, you know, that we, we ultimately end up having. But you feel you feel to me like you're bullish. I am bullish. I am very bullish. And, you know, I, 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 I think that. I think that, you know, the, the car wash industry itself and, and I, I say this not going into business selling car washes. <laughs> that's right. Thank you for that advice. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I thank you for that advice. <laughs> that's my fatherly um, advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I really do. And, and the reason that I say that and, and I, I, I say this a lot is when you think about, um, you know, your car, unless you own a home. Your car is your most valuable possession. And there was recently research that came out from the International Car Wash Association. Um, and so if you haven't read it or don't have access to it, um, quarterly they do a, a survey, a consumer so survey. It's uh, called The Pulse. Uh, and I, uh, I, I sit on an advisory board with a couple of other car wash um, folks where we, you know, say, here's what we're interested in knowing. Here's the, here's kind of what we'd like to better understand. I'm so appreciative of the folks over at ICA for, for allowing me to be part of that. Um, but the, they, the recent came, um, uh, survey came out and they said, you know, over 80% of people who get their car washed, it's an emotional decision. It's an emotional decision because they want to, getting their car wash makes them feel good. It makes them feel good. They like to have a clean car. It's my wife's birthday, so I want my car to be clean, or I have a special event, or I do this. And so beyond just protecting your investment, which it's a big investment, you feel good when you drive around in a clean car. You know, um, uh, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and so she just started driving, and she's she's got a car, and it's it's a hand-me-down car. It's nothing special or anything else like that. I got her a membership. She's there like twice a week. Uh, she's 16 years old. She can't keep her room clean, <laughs> and I love her. Like her room, my my wife is like her room is always a disaster, but her car is immaculate. Her car is immaculate. I mean, it, there's, it's never dirty, and she's always at the car wash. And, you know, that says something because I think people feel good about that. So, you know, when you're making a decision about, hey, here, here's where I want to spend some discretionary dollars, well, you know what? It makes me feel good. I'm going to get my car washed, or I'm going to buy a membership, and then I don't have to worry about taking money out of my pocket every time I go. I have another confession. Yeah. My wife bought a membership because it was um, it was on a you know it was the special yeah, first special. first month yeah. whatever yeah and um, and I looked at the credit card bill I'm like well first of all it's not superstar so come on okay well I appreciate that I mean, thank you I won't say who it was yeah but, yeah. Um, yeah and she's like oh my god I I meant to cancel that. And um, because it's going to cost $20 next month. So uh, I'm like, oh, no. I got to tell Jonathan. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I feel bullish about it. And, you know, I, I really do. And that's one of the reasons why I love this industry is because, you know, um, we, we do make a difference in people's lives. And I, I, I think that's maybe it's a little cheek, cheesy. I don't know what I was going to say. But 
you know, I, I've worked in businesses before where people were mad. People were like angry, you know, like I, I can tell you some stories from working in the grocery business where you just customers are just angry. Um, you don't see a lot of angry people at car washes. You know, they, you really don't. And so, you know, we have a chance to, in a small way, make a difference in somebody's life. Um, that's kind of a neat thing. And that's that's what help, makes me get up in the morning. Low stake, low cost. And it's on balance. It's one of the positive things that happens in your day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, it's been great chatting with you, George. We're, um, uh, we're ready to give you some fatherly advice sponsored by Welcome Mat Services. I don't know. I want to know what, what, what's the big deal at your house for Thanksgiving? You know, we, we were really low key at, at Thanksgiving. Um, you know, uh, the one thing that's difficult and, and I, I don't know if your daughter's coming back, but you know, I have five kids and as they've gotten older and have moved out of the house, it's not everybody's here. Right. So, um, it's tough it, for my wife and I, because we got that, you know, kind of that, that sad, I don't, it's not sadness, but incompleteness of not having the whole family around. So we've always been really low key. I mean, you know, um, but as a side note, and you may or may not remember that my daughter had surgery last year on Thanksgiving, emergency surgery. So we didn't even do Thanksgiving last year. So this year we're going to do it all up and uh, we just kind of hang out and, and watch football and just try to have a nice, relaxing day. Turkey, stuffing, Yeah, we gravy, do turkey, stuffing, thing. gravy, uh, sweet potatoes, the green bean casserole. Um, the whole shooting match. We do the whole shooting match. Yeah. How about you? Um, a few years ago, my daughter will not be coming. Um, we get her for, uh, for Christmas. That's the deal she and her boyfriend cut. Okay. And I am... Perfectly happy with that deal. Okay, that's good. Because um, so we, we know a, how you feel about Christmas. That, that's a win. Yeah, that's, that's a, a win. win. Okay, that's um, good. So I, I actually got so tired of cooking turkey because it's just, um, I don't know, it just, it's just, it's not a particularly good meat yeah. as meat goes. So I make beef wellington Ooh. for Thanksgiving now. Very nice. Yeah. I and like it's, it. um, the people who come over, I, it's always popular. And it's not as hard to make as you'd think. Interesting. We've been talking about doing that for a Christmas dinner for a while, so you'll have to give me your recipe. I will, uh, I will give yeah. you the recipe. That's it's awesome. pretty simple. So what's your advice? Do you have that Thanksgiving advice? So no, I do not. I have. Um, I got advice from uh, an analyst who works for me. Okay. Um, he, is, um, he is a degenerate sports gambler. Okay. Um, and he <laughs> said his advice was, if you want a sure thing— Always bet the first half under of college basketball games. 63% last year really? came in. Okay. First half under college basketball. All right. That's, I guess that's good advice. We'll have to. I think that's really good advice. I, 63%. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'll have to check out my FanDuel account. Now our uh, our producer is now writing it down. Yes, she is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, I uh, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I've known him for years. His his daughter got married recently, and I unfortunately couldn't make it to the wedding. Um, but he sent me his father of the bride speech, uh, and so I was able to watch it about a week or two ago. And and his advice that he gave to his daughter and new son-in-law was be aware. And I, I really was like thinking about it, you know, and his whole point was be aware of each other, be aware of the outside influences that, you know, can impact your marriage. 
Um, and he went on for 11 minutes about it, which I will not do. But I really thought about it. I'm like, you know, that's really good advice. You know, not only just be aware of your surroundings and what's going on, but, you know, be aware, be on the lookout, be on the lookout for things that, you know, could derail you from what your goals are. Be on the thing, be aware of the things that can get in the way of the relationships that you have. So um, I really kind of took that to heart. And that, that's my advice this week is be aware. Nice. Yeah. Well, George, I don't know if I'm going to, I mean, I will see you, but I don't know if we'll, we'll see each other here. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank so you. I hope that you have a great, it's hard to believe it's the end of November. We are getting together next week. We are getting, I'll see you next right. week, okay. but, right. but I don't know I, that we'll be not, here not in, in the, this, no, in this podcast. forum yeah, on, okay. on the podcast. All right. Fair um, enough. But it's been a great time chatting with you and thanks to all of our listeners. And we'll talk to you again on the next episode of Car Wash Confessions. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, George. Are you ready to accelerate your business by capturing more membership at-bats? Introducing Welcome Mat, the nation's leading car wash digital marketing platform. Say goodbye to empty lanes and hello to a steady stream of new potential members. Welcome Mat's sophisticated digital targeting helps you drive more at-bats by reaching highly likely car wash members who live by or commute by any of your locations. The Welcome Mat marketing platform provides real-time results of each campaign by connecting to your car wash POS and captures customer data for ongoing digital retargeting for membership conversion. Don't miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize your car wash business. Try our leading car wash digital marketing platform today. Drive success, grow membership. Contact us now for a free demo at welcomemat.com.